Welcome to the Geek Therapy Podcast. This is Josue Cardona. With me today is Tony Roca. He is co-founder and community director of Gamer Connect. And if you've never heard of Gamer Connect, um, we're talking about gamer spelled G-A-Y-M-E-R. And um, Tony's here to tell us all about it, what it is, and about a con that they just had called Gamer X. So Tony, thanks for coming on the show. Yeah, thanks for having me. I'm super excited. This is pretty awesome. Cool, cool. And uh, like I said, uh, we've been trying to get you on the show for a while, so I'm excited to finally uh, be able to talk to you. Yeah, I know. Uh, one, one, one big part of GamerX that has its pluses and minuses is that it was really successful, but in a lot of ways it was kind of like way more successful than we were expecting, uh, which you know may have just been us being relatively modest about you know what sort of turnout we'd have. But um, that means that's that, amazing. You know, yeah, that's we, amazing. we were able to create this like huge community and have this huge presence, you know, and huge attendance. Uh, but it also means that we were like running around like crazy. So I apologize for, for being so hard to get a hold of. No, that that's great. Uh, we have more to talk about now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so what is GamerX? Uh, so GamerX is the first ever LGBTQ um, convention. Uh, rather, it's the first ever gaming convention focused on LGBTQ. So it's it's essentially the first queer gaming convention. So how did this idea come about? And like, why did you guys think, hey, we should have an LGBTQ-centric gamer convention? Um, it's inception, really. Like, uh, the idea really began with uh, with Matt. Matt Kahn is our, uh, he's the founder. He's the one who created it all. Uh, essentially, from the beginning, he he thought of this as uh, something that you know he figured if you know when I was younger, I would have really loved for that to have been a thing, and you know it it, it came about with him uh, creating uh, groups here in San Francisco, uh, you know which were then dubbed like SF Gamers, you know, and hanging out online and you know some smaller you know gay gaming forums and things like that, uh, and. You know, he he said to himself something along the lines of like, you know, I wish there was a gay gaming convention, you know, or I wish I, you know, wish there were com- gaming conventions that weren't so like heavily, you know, heavily uh, focused on like having half naked women running around and stuff like that. Uh, and then eventually he just went, wait, why don't I just make one? Uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, and it was it was really a strange thing, uh, you know, when we all first started working on it. It was strange. I feel like a lot of us had to go back and be like, "Are there? Is there really no gay gaming convention? Like, is that is that is that actually true that this has never happened before? Because like, you know, it seems like something that people would have wanted, you know, even a long time ago. It seems like something that should have been happening. And and what kind of representation were you seeing at other cons? Uh, I mean, the uh, pretty much at every other co- uh, gaming convention I've been to. Um, and now I hadn't been to the really large ones, uh, mind you. The ones I'd been to were more like smaller, more intimate communities, which weren't quite so extreme and levels of offensiveness. And I'll 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 get to that. But um, okay, <laughs> essentially, it's a straight white male demographic that I've noticed. And the problem with that was that um, even if you so, there's nothing wrong with I have no problem with being in a straight white male environment. Uh, I myself actually identify as genderqueer, uh, which means I don't actually identify as a male or a female, at least not all the time. Um, 
my pronoun preference is null. I, I, I don't care what preferences or what profile, or, sorry, I don't care what pronouns you use on me. Um, but, but so I have no problem being in a large group of straight white males. So it's, I don't, you know, I don't really care. Uh, however, the way these, um, the way these conventions were held and the way the, uh, the, the culture around the communities was formed was very like, this is for straight white men. And, you know, that's the, the, that's the demographic that we care about. So it was a lot of like selling like female sexiness, you know, or, you know, objectified female sexiness and things like that. Something which yeah. I personally like, you know, I don't really get anything on that. Um, and also it makes me a little uncomfortable. Um, and, and I don't like people assuming my sexuality or, you know, assuming that I want to be, you know, aggro and shooting people constantly you know things like that it's just kind of like it, it was this very like kind of testosterone driven environment that i was not really fitting into very well um and there's you know there's nothing wrong with people having things that you know that they enjoy etc cetera, etc cetera. but there should be alternatives you know and, and you know the, the the irony about that is that that's not actually you know the that's not the like vast majority of gamers mm -hmm. That's the, exactly. That's what game companies uh, sell their games to, and that's yeah. what uh, the communities, you know, and that's the the market and demographic that was in mind when the communities were formed, and when the you know when the companies were fostering these communities and building them, was they were like, well, let's make a community that is comfortable for anonymous straight white men. Uh, and, and you know, and essentially that—that's how it was formed around, and that's why we get you know a lot of the problematic aspects of it, because it's essentially you know was the, the, a lot of the game companies you know had ten-year-old data, and said, hey, you know, only gay white or only straight white men in their you know from twenty-five from twenty to twenty-five play video games, and so these are the only people we should care about. Um, and then you know all the many many women and gay people and people of color and stuff like that that played games were essentially just taken out of the equation as being you know not profitable enough mm -hmm. um which is which is you know it's really funny because that you know that sort of market data that everything's based on is just really old guard and just archaic now because the numbers aren't anywhere like that um and I'll, it's funny because i i see on uh, on and Lord knows one should not be reading uh, uh, comments, comments articles. Yeah. But I see a lot of comments from a lot of these like really uh, funny people who are, you know, arguing against the need for like LGBT gaming conventions or anything like that. Uh, a lot of them will, will straight up say that almost all gamers are men and white and, you know, and straight. They'll, you know, a lot of people believe that. That a lot of people actually believe, despite market research, that you know, 95% of of everyone playing video games or games at all are straight white men. Uh, which I don't know what everyone else is doing in their free time. Um, <laughs> uh, I mean, I don't know if I don't know if maybe women are just having babies. Um, Sewing, so probably. Game, yeah, yeah. Game, gay men are just hooking up with other gay men. Uh, I guess. You know, and people of color are doing whatever they do. I don't know. Uh, I don't know. And the statistics, you know, the statistics, it doesn't even make sense to think that because if you look at the market research on just gaming, period, it's such a large percentage of the population. It would mean that 
you know, it it wouldn't even it would be more than like all only the straight white males, like because so many people play games now. It doesn't oh, yeah. make sense. Absolutely, and it's 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 actually yeah. Straight, straight white males are actually like if if you consider if you considered it two demographics, uh, which is silly in terms of statistics, but uh, if you did that and considered gay, uh, straight white males to be one demographic and everyone else to be another demogra- demographic, um, you would wind up with the straight white males in the vast minority. Um, and, and so it's really funny. Um, statistically, we're either at the point or nearing the point where women actually outnumber male gamers, mm-hmm. uh, which is something that's just, it's just really funny that, you know, that, that, that can be and will be the, uh, the state that we're in. And yet people are still saying that there's more male gamers than women. You know, there's way more. I think, uh, I don't, I don't know where that impression comes from. Uh, I think it's, it, a lot of it is kind of coming from, um, I feel like a lot of it comes from um, the macho culture around sports, uh, mm-hmm. because I feel like a lot of uh, game companies, especially with the uh, with the inception of like uh, the first version shooter, a lot of game companies kind of like adopted that attitude, the like gruff, like macho locker room aspect of gaming. In general, of you know, like sports, uh, and just you know, transpose that onto uh, the video game playing or you know, PC game playing uh, experience. Uh, and so, I think that is definitely part of that, you know. And it, it, if you if you look at like uh, sports uh, sports culture in the U.S. at least, um, you get a lot of uh, as as, ch- as children are growing up in school, uh, their coaches will will say to them, you know. You know, if they're doing poorly, they're like, you're all a bunch of little girls, you know, you're all girls, you know, and it's kind of this like misogynistic thing where like being male is the superior thing and being weak makes you female, uh, you know, or, or it makes you a sissy or a pansy, you know, makes you makes you gay or feminine or whatever. Um, and so I think that that, you know, that particular and that's like instilled in people's heads, like kids kids who go to high school and like even uh, even I went to high school so it's not like a lot of people pretend that's something that doesn't happen anymore but it absolutely does uh and I still remember when I went to high school you know I never I never paid any attention to the coaches but uh when they spoke uh that's exactly the kind of stuff that they would say and I think um because probably the most vocal people are the ones who are playing the 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 shooters the online games in kind of a community where that is similar to um, maybe a sports mentality, right? Where you have leagues and teams and things like that. And you don't really consider all the casual games, action adventure games that are played kind of on your own. And you right, don't know right. like, but, who's on the other end. Exactly. But, you know, that there's, the big part of that is that uh, is the fact that um, the, well, let's just say, let's just call it Xbox Live essentially became like the first gaming social media, you know? Because in, in essence, it was the first time where, you know, a massive amount of game, uh, you know, people who play games were connecting to one another via voice. Um, and that was, you know, that was, that was a uh, fairly revolutionary. It was very revolutionary actually. Um, um, and you know, and, and PSN where that was supported. Uh, and you know, it was, it was, it, it, it brought about this whole new, um, this whole new part to the culture because, um, uh, before, gamers were essentially just like either they didn't communicate very much to one another um and when they did it was in small 
small social gatherings or maybe the occasional like you know gaming convention right uh i go to your house you go to my house friends get together that sort of thing right and now all of a sudden you're talking you know you're talking not face to face but by by voice uh to other gamers uh and so this is this is a whole new thing this is an entire new like faction like section of the culture that starts being built uh now because this uh see this uh generally uh happens on the uh first person shooter games and those very like macho aggressive angry uh sort of games uh, what winds up being like the the major the, the the quickly rising in major uh social system for gaming also happens to be inundated with a culture of very angry often immature uh you know kind of uh testosterone encouraged uh people and now i'm not saying there's anything wrong with people who play first person shooters don't get me wrong uh, but there's definitely nothing in game first person shooters that uh, that punish uh aggressive uh behavior uh, and so, you know, and, and with, with the wonder that is internet anonymity, uh, <laughs> uh, that is also something that, that certainly doesn't punish uh, bad behavior. Uh, oh, and all online games, I mean, every single video game has a rating, but they always have a disclaimer at the beginning that the online experience cannot be rated because you have no idea what's going to happen and you don't know what people are going to say to you or, or do when you're playing online. Right, and you know, and that was a big part of us making, uh, you know, gamer gamer X, uh, because a lot of people who play games. I mean, even like myself, myself uh, included, where you know they're gay or you know women or lesbians or whatever. And if you hopped onto one of those games, uh, and I actually find my, I, I consider myself fairly fortunate for not really being very interested in first person shooters, um, but uh, those who are. Uh, like I have a lot of friends who are they love first person shooters. They essentially just have to turn off their headset um, because that's what are, I do. Yeah, because yeah, because yeah, people are just vile. Are they're yeah. awful? And what's funny is that you have two kinds of people. There are people in the or sorry, two kinds of decent people in the uh, in the games world. There are the people who are you know they can't stand it or they're sick of it and they just have to like try to you, you know try to not hear it as much as possible uh and then there's the people who have become accustomed to it and they just kind of give up and they say well yeah well that's just how it is you know and i think that i think that, that those two those those two uh the, the latter is actually like the vast majority of people in game right now yeah. uh, i think most people have just kind of gotten used to it and they're like yeah but that's just how it is which is, I think, like a, a big problem. Uh, I think that's a that's a problem that that a lot of cultures have to face um, and have faced historically. You know, it's essentially something like you know, and and there are much much worse cases of similar things uh, throughout history. But essentially, when 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 a culture is doing something wrong for a long time, uh, a lot most people go, yeah, well, that's just how it is, and figure you know, there's no need to change it. You know. Uh, so, you know, that that's definitely one aspect. Um, but, yeah, so, you know, you have to turn off your, your headset when you're playing these games. And that, that's a shame because that's, a, that's like a function. That's essentially, yeah. that's one important, that's a part and an important part sometimes of, of these games. And 
essentially what you've got is immature, you know, rude, angry people taking away this function from the game and ruining it. Um, it's if someone, you know, someone's spouting off the N word or the F word or the C word or you know every letter word that uh, you know that that is really offensive. That you know, even if you know, you know, sure, they may not be. You know, a, a lot of these people think that that we're saying that calling someone, you know, an F word is gonna, you know, put them in the hospital. No, obviously not. You know, and maybe maybe it won't, you know, hurt them. Maybe, you know, maybe it won't hurt them down to the core or whatever. But even if they if it doesn't, it usually at least ruins the experience for them. Yeah. Uh, it makes it hard to enjoy. You know, uh, it's like putting salt on a cake. Like, you know, it may not, it may not, it, it's still edible, sure, but you, you don't really want it anymore. Um, and that's, you know, I think that's, that's a big factor there. Uh, yeah, and I'm, I'm totally guilty of, um, like, turning off my headset. I'll, depending on the game I'm playing, I expect, like, like you said, they've, a certain type of people have already ruined um, the online experience, and I assume that it's going to be pretty bad going in. So sometimes I'll just log on, and if I feel like playing, I'll put on a podcast or something, you know, on my iPod, and then while I'm playing over here, and I'm not engaging in that part, unless I'm playing with friends. Mostly right. I just, I try to play with friends, and then in that case, it's a completely different experience. Right, and that's a much more fun experience. And it would be yeah. awesome to be able to have that kind of experience with strangers. <laughs> Um, yeah. And I think the, the, the metaphor I use for, uh, on people quite a bit when people don't get the concept of like why, you know, saying racist or sexist or misogy or, uh, or um, homophobic things into Xbox Live, why that's a problem. Um, because I meet a lot of people in the game, games world who are just relatively inexperienced and some of them are even well-meaning. They just don't quite get it, you know. Um, the, the metaphor I tend to use is imagine if someone was just like screaming nonstop into the headset, mm-hmm. like to the point where you just feel like you can't use it anymore. You can't speak. Because How's that a metaphor? That's what happens. I mean, oh, no, 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 no. But I, I mean, literally, <laughs> literally screaming just like, yeah, just like yeah. a, like, you know, ah, nonstop, you know, it, you, it, it ruins it. There's, there's no point in using it. You know, Absolutely. so yeah, so you're essentially you've got somebody who's who's taking one aspect of the game and making it unusual, and it's 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 you know it's stupid, it's it's a shame, and they shouldn't have that kind of power. And game industries, like game companies, should want to keep that aspect of their game enjoyable for its users. And and of course, you mentioned. I mean, a lot of this stuff sometimes it's just annoying, right? But other times it's very very offensive. And then maybe I have no problem with just turning it off. I like to think that I'm pretty resilient, but not everybody is like that. And a lot of the stuff that goes on there can be very hurtful and can really affect people. Right. Yeah. And then that's actually another thing that we that we uh, think about a lot and we factor in in our decisions and when we're talking to people about trying to change things like that. Because, um, yeah, so if I hear the F word, you know, whatever. I grew up in Florida, so I've heard that word. Uh, <laughs> uh and but you know whatever so but i've i heard it and i you know that's not it's not gonna kill me i don't really care it's annoying um but you know sometimes i usually just feel sorry for the person using it um but say i'm a freaking 15 year old kid and i'm gay okay 
However, I live in the Midwest or in the South or something like that of America, and I can't come out of the closet, right? Because it's essentially, you know, it could be dangerous for me or it could just ostracize me. Um, and so, you know, I can't come out of the closet. I can't tell anybody. My parents might be, you know, religious, and so I can't tell them or, you know, whatever. Or I'm just scared, you know. So I'm in the closet, and I'm 15. I'm with my friends who are all talking about girls. That's all they care about. And I have to pretend that I'm into girls, whatever, right? Um, and then, you know, maybe some of my friends might say homophobic things without knowing that I'm gay, right? So, you know, I'm hearing homophobic things from time to time. And it's essentially like this, this uh, it becomes this experience where you're, you don't fit in and you're not welcome. Um, so where my, I remember in the 90s, a lot of people, a lot of kids like that would actually turn to video games. Um, and, you know, to this, you know, to this day, people turn to video games a lot when they're younger, when they can't, essentially can't fit in to society or to their social groups at the moment or whatever, you know. And I don't mean like they'll never fit in. Just at that moment, they might not fit in. So they've got video games that they can turn to instead for their Friday night fun. Um, now imagine me, this 15-year-old kid who's in the closet, can't fit in, and wants a break from that. He goes to play his favorite games, and he goes to enjoy it online, uh, turns on his headset, starts playing, and all he hears are slurs, homophobic slurs, you know, throughout the whole time. And that means that he can't even fit in on this, like, $60 game that he had his parents buy him, you know? Yeah. So it, it gives him no escape. There, there's no place he can go and even just have fun without feeling like he's not welcome. Um, yeah. And that, that's, you know, I think that's something that's, like, a huge shame because, like, Video games should be a place where people can escape and they can, you know, enjoy themselves. Yeah, we buy them for fun and we buy them for entertainment. We don't buy them for any negative reason. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I wouldn't want to pay $70 for the new Call of Duty title just to essentially buy a $70, you know, request for someone to shout slurs in my ear. And there's no, there's no you know, the, the sense of community isn't there. And and that's something that's a big part of video games now, but for many people, it's it's not possible if you just play, if you just log on randomly. Yeah, absolutely. You know, unless you're unless you're you know willing to make like, you know, four chan meme references or something like that. Um, you know, you're not going to have you know people aren't going to want to get along with you. It's this really weird kind of like boys club treehouse mentality that has that has kind of like inundated. The, uh, the community and I think it's it's a it's a strange thing because I think that um, what's kind of happened over the years is that with the the whole Xbox Live thing people have kind of subconsciously built this like you know boys club like you know no no girls allowed no no homos allowed no you know no blacks allowed whatever uh, you know they've kind of built this this guarded community um, even without thinking about it sometimes. Just because you know they they can keep they they can be offensive, and their offensiveness has the power to get people to leave. And I think that for a lot of people, especially you know geeks who are playing games, um, that might be their first like power that they have you know in their life over people. 
Uh, and so there's definitely like, I think that 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 sort of thing can affect them in that it makes them feel like they've got control. Um, and so I think that plays into a lot. And I think that over the years, that's built this community that doesn't want, you know, outsiders. It's kind of this xenophobic community. Uh, and as as there the the percentage of like straight white male gamers shrinks and shrinks, um, you know I think they're becoming more and more violent and adamant uh, against others um, because of how because they you know they feel like their communities threatened. And you know I hate to to generalize and I hate to um, like talk without like actual data and, and and numbers, but from personal experience, most of the time. Like the experiences that you're that you're describing are pretty accurate um, when you play online, and everybody I hear says the same thing. I've never heard anybody say, "Oh man, everybody on Xbox Live is so nice." <laughs> well, you know what? Actually, so so uh, so my job as a community director is that, like, you know, I I focus a lot on uh, you know on the community and making sure that what we are making is exactly what people want and need. Uh, and I like to think I do a pretty good job of that, actually, uh, and. One of the things I do is I run around and just talk to people. I just talk to as many people as I can. I talk to everyone in our communities. I talk to people outside of our communities. I talk to, you know, I talk to people in the game industry. I talk to reporters. I talk to everybody. And, you know, pretty much across the board, that's, you know, what, I'm, what I've been saying is what I've been hearing. Um, yeah. However, I have heard some people say, oh, you know, that's weird because everyone's always really nice to me online. Um, and you know who says that? People who not only are straight, white, and male, but sound straight, white, and male, um, especially by their manner of speech and having like a slightly Southern accent doesn't hurt. And just like various things that make it very obvious that you're like a straight, white, male. Um, people who sound like that seem to have a much easier uh, way uh, in a much easier uh, time in uh, in that you know sort of environment, hmm. uh, and so I have met certain I have met a lot of people who were like, oh, I didn't even realize there was a problem, just because <laughs> you know they're not the ones getting you know slurs thrown at. Yeah, because exactly, yeah, I mean, and that's the way it is. Like to to use your metaphor from before, it's once you open your mouth, then everybody's there's a critique and there's a judgment and that type of thing. Right. Absolutely. So that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. I mean, that's why I know a lot of, I know I have a lot of female friends uh, who will actually, um, what, they play MMOs. A lot. Of, I have a lot of female friends who play MMOs and just never use the microphone. Yeah. Uh, and they just always type because they don't want people knowing that they're a girl. And, you know, if, if they, if people find out then people either start getting creepy or they start getting aggressive. Uh, and at the very least, they'll oftentimes assume that they're not good at playing games. Hey, I just thought of, um, I'm, I'm almost certain that I've played some games where you can mask your voice. Isn't that, isn't that accurate? Really? Can you do that in some that, games? I true? think so. Hmm. I don't know. Uh, I, I'm, I'm personally not, I've never experienced that personally, but I, I think that's unfortunately a good idea. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know. That's what I was thinking right now. I was like, because I always thought, why would you want your voice to sound all weird? And and I'm thinking, I can't remember what game it was, um, but it had like a setting. It was like five different modes, and and your voice would sound like kind of auto tuned and deeper kind of thing. That's was, interesting. Yeah, I guess 
I mean, that would make sense. It would make sense that that would be why we do that because, you know, women, women have a much harder time as soon as people can hear that you are a woman. Uh, essentially, people thought of you, you know, people, uh, and this is something I've actually, I've, I've, I've talked to a lot of people about this and I've gotten a lot of really interesting responses. Uh, so one of the things that I've found uh, from speaking to women about their gaming experiences is that, uh, say, or say, I should say, say a man and a woman play a game and they have like exact same stats, they're doing things exactly the same. Uh, the guy will usually get like, oh, good job, whatever, you know, et cetera. You, you know, you did this. The woman, however, uh, if people know it's a woman, they will they will judge every single thing that she does um, way more closely, way 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 more closely. And this is actually a phenomenon I've really noticed a lot in the game industry. Like it's very very interesting. Like even just to like the 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 way that women will put their hands on the keyboard, the people will pay attention and be like, oh wait no no you're 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 not doing that right. You you need to put your pinky there or something. You're like. Just like even the smallest things will get super scrutinized. There's just like this ridiculous scrutiny. Whereas I, who you know, most people assume I'm you know I'm a male uh, because you know I present pretty male. Um, I could I could just be like elbowing the keyboard and people won't even think to look. <laughs> you know, um, and so that that's a really interesting phenomenon I've found. Uh, and I, I don't know for some reason there's just there's this big like. Uh, there's this big thing about about gamers treating women as if they've just never played a game before, um, and assuming that even if a woman's like got a you know got a badge that says Bioware on it, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And I mean, and it's it's so strange to still have um, all that much disparity. I know Call of Duty just announced that there, you can be a a woman in the game, like you can choose to be there. Uh, um, you can choose a, a a male avatar or a female avatar, and um, uh, no, I, no variances heard, or anything like that, but people I, people were freaking out. I'm I I could be wrong here, but I heard that that was only available in the multiplayer. Is that true? Yes, yes, I believe okay. so. Yep, yep. Baby steps. I mean, like and that. still, we have a long way to go. Yeah, baby steps. To, baby like, steps. Yeah. <laughs> uh, oh, I mean, the thing that's funny about baby steps is that you know we say baby steps but uh, even even saying that even suggesting that is is still um kind of problematic because like we don't really need baby steps because there's still there's already a bunch of there's already a lot of games that are or not a lot but there's still several games that are not sexist um and have already moved kind of past that and so like i mean I'm not going to use Beyond Good and Evil as like the example because I'm really tired of doing that, um, and I would like some more. I would like a few more mainstream titles that I can use as an example. But um, you know, uh, there are games out there that that are not sexist. So I think that a lot of people say like, "Oh well, we don't know," but or game companies don't know if it's going to do well or whatever. Uh, but I mean. Let's see, Laura Croft, she she does okay, you know, yes. and like, there's you know there's games and shows and stuff like that with you know with women in them, and there's games and shows with gay people, gay characters in them and stuff like that, and you know they seem to do okay. So uh, there doesn't really need to be that much market research done. Like it's not this, it's not that, it's not as big a like risk to take as people are assuming. Um, 
but I mean, you know, and the thing is that like, people are always going to complain. They're always going to complain because what these people don't even understand and the arguments that they're making is that they're saying, hey, this game is made only for me and now you're making it for someone else. And I don't like the fact that, you know, you're... <laughs> You're ma- you had something that only I could enjoy, and now other people can enjoy it too. Like that makes me jealous, uh, you know. So they don't, and they don't even understand that that's the point that, that they that they wish they could make, uh, and they obviously can't say that because they will sound terrible, uh, even to themselves. So they have to kind of use this like bizarre internet logic to explain their points. Uh, <laughs> And you know you see that a lot. It's, it's a lot like um, when the gay marriage thing was was happening uh, in the United States. I mean, it's still happening, but um, a lot of arguments were really, really, really weird and really funny. Um, yeah. And uh, we've you know I've sat down and read a lot of arguments against gay marriage, and they're really funny, really funny. <laughs> I, like you can really boil all of it down to like this is for me, and I don't want other people to have it. Yeah, I don't want to share. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Like, yeah, I know in the news, in, in gaming in particular, in the news lately, um, I know EA made a great comment. There were people, you know, writing about how, you know, their games shouldn't be, shouldn't give you the option to be to be gay in, in the game. And they're like, what? You know, they, they came out with a pretty good statement. It was like, we make games for everybody. We don't make games just for you. Mm-hmm. No. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's really funny. Like, uh, are you talking about the, uh, the Bioware, like, straight gamers pull to get over it thing? Um, I'm not sure. I know, I know that the, the press, uh, like the answer came from like the big EA. I know Bioware and EA, they're, they're one company now, but, um, it's probably the same thing. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but yeah, I mean, yeah. And that was, that was really funny. Like it's, it's such a straight, strange, like privileged position to come from, um, uh, how people are just like, I, I, it's this very bizarre concept of like happiness inflation. Like, as soon as other people become more happy, I'll be less happy. I, I don't know what that's about. I'm not sure that it exactly works that way. I don't know if, like, happiness stock market, stock market is going to crash because other people are happy. Uh, but I mean, there isn't enough to go around, exactly. It's yeah, I, that, I mean, I guess, I guess yeah. that's how it works. We all get our allotted happiness. Yeah. And you're taking it from me if you have any. Yeah, that's happiness. That's happiness communism. We can't have that. <laughs> <laughs> and I, so I think I've, we've 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 explained pretty well the the reasoning why something like um, GamerX is a good idea, <laughs> right? Why you would want to not be in like you know in situations where you feel uncomfortable and you don't and you don't belong at all and and like i think it was perfect the way you said the experience gets ruined um to a certain extent and it's great to have places where you don't feel that way and and even and again it's sad that even at something like a gaming convention or any kind of convention where you all kind of agree that you all like the same thing even there um sometimes that's that's not enough. Yeah, absolutely. Actually, to, to summarize, uh, so I went to E3 uh, this mm-hmm. year, and it was actually my first E3, and um, I'd gotten a lot of warnings from a lot of female friends of mine uh, that it's you know it was a it's a bad it's it's a bad environment, bad kind of like a a gross culture, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, mm-hmm. And I was like, yeah, I know, but I want to go there for you know my audience. I want to know what they're going through. I want to you know experience what my you know 
what everyone else that I speak to, you know, I want to be able to experience everything. So I have like a firsthand knowledge of everything. So I can put that into, into view. But even with all the warnings and knowing what I was getting into, I still did not know what I was getting into. And like, just essentially it was the culture. Um, I, my, the first thing that happened at E3 for me was the Xbox Live um, presentation with the uh, Killer Instinct rape joke. Were you familiar with that? Mm-hmm. Yep. yep. Uh, so I was sitting there in the, on the floor, like very close to the front, right? Um, and when that rape joke happened, I was, you know, so I was appalled, of course. Yeah. Yeah. But the part that was really like, the part that, that, that was really hard for me, was, the reaction of the people was around the reaction of the people yeah. which was yeah. none there was no reaction and at one point i actually and i was expecting to hear some kind of like murmuring or gasping or like people being like ooh that was not said <laughs> the way it was meant to be um, but there wasn't and i literally looked around and people were like smiling and giggling at like the jokes being told or whatever and nobody seemed like grossed out or weirded out or you know, and that was creepy. That was like hella creepy. Uh, yeah. But but everyone was fine with it. And that was really the moment. Like, it wasn't even what happened on the stage. It was the fact that I was in a, uh, in a stadium with like yeah. thousands and thousands of people who were all, who just essentially didn't even notice the rape joke. Yeah. They were so fine with it that they didn't even register. And that was, was like, oh, my God. What am I, what did I get myself into? Like, what is this group of people that I'm with? Um, And it was very disheartening too, you know, because I, you know, I love games. Um, And to think that this is the community, this is the culture that has built itself around games. It was really, it was really sick. Um, And so uh, one of the things that was most touching to me that um, I I did make me cry. I I am a crier. Uh, (laughs) I'll admit it. Uh, was that so many people after Gamer X came up to me and told me that this was the first gaming convention they'd ever been to that they were comfortable and safe. They felt comfortable and safe at. And that was really meaningful to me. Uh, and I think, I think a lot of people don't realize, you know, a lot of like straight white men don't realize how unsafe and uncomfortable um, a lot of women or gay men, you know, or trans people or anything like that can feel at these gaming conventions because people are looking at them like you don't belong here and all the content, the programming, everything is designed in a way that it looks like it says you don't belong. Here. And, and were, were those two words that were um, in the design of GamerX, like you wanted a place that was comfortable and safe? Yes. Yes, absolutely. absolutely. That was like from the inception, yeah. from the inception from day one, like that was, that was, I mean, definitely at very least my mission uh, and Matt and Matt cared passionately about it as well. Like we we really wanted it to be like a safe place that you know queer people could go and have fun and not have to worry about you know people being homophobic or whatever. They could just go there, talk about video games, play v- games together, meet complete strangers, you know, and you know be like, hey, you want to play Animal Crossing? Uh, you know, want to cross some yeah. animals, uh, and yeah. <laughs> and you know, just have fun without having to worry about this like caustic environment. So, how did you do that? Oh, uh, magic! Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I 
I suppose a year of work also helped, but uh, <laughs> it was it was a lot of work actually. Like it 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 was a surprise. I almost want to say surprising amount of work, but I mean for for what we accomplished, I I'm actually also surprised that we did it. Um, but it was for, for me personally, um, and this this is like the social and community side. It was a lot of scouting. I, I ran around and I found out what made people uncomfortable, what made people happy, like what people wish they could have. And I essentially like my job was just to make everyone's dreams come true. Like I was like <laughs> I was like the convention fairy. Um, yeah. and <laughs> and you know that that was that was my thing. Like I, I I I spent so much time and energy running around all over the place, traveling, going to conventions and you know, asking everyone. I was all up in everybody's face all the time. Like, I must have been so annoying to a lot of people. But I asked people so many questions about what they liked, what they didn't like, what they wished they had, what they wanted, you know, whatever. And I just picked so many brains until, like, I knew, like, in general, just like, hey, people want this, people want that. And, you know, it was funny because even, like, little things. Like, one day I was like, oh, we should have gender-neutral bathrooms. Um, because that, you know that's going to be more comfortable for people who are either not gender binary or, you know, they're trans and may not feel super comfortable in public, in public bathrooms. Um, I said, to, you know, I said we should do that and we did it, you know, and it was, it was just a matter of asking the hotel if it was okay and they were fine with it and just putting a gender neutral sign in front, in front of like four of the bathrooms. Um, but people came up to me after the con and they said it was great and that they loved those bathrooms because, not and you know I think that a big part of that is that that gesture, I mean it was convenient for some people yes, but it also told people that they were that they belonged there that they were they were supposed to be there they were expected there like we thought of you we knew you yeah. would be here uh, yeah. so you know we put this here for you and I think that that level of acceptance is something that most game conferences don't have. Um, you know, essentially, it's just like, hey, you know, we made this for someone else. I guess you're here, too. Uh, yeah, yeah. And I, so I guess because the people that, that go to a regular convention, I mean, there is no, like, message, right? It's all, there's no, you're going to be comfortable and safe here. That isn't part of the reason why they have a convention like, you know, like E3, for example. But yeah. I guess just putting that out there, I mean, that was like, hey, if this if this is uh, something that interests you, then come over here. Yeah, I mean, so, and the thing is that we could have actually been a lot more lax about it. We could have been like, yeah, you know, it's for safety or whatever, and it's comfortable, but you know, whatever, and not been, you know, and it probably would have been fine. But we were actually we were pretty strict about it too. We were like, hey, no harassment, no being creeps, you know. And if some, you know, if someone, we actually also even had like a an hour long orientation for our volunteers. Um, about like gender, uh, and it happened on on both days. So every morning we had an orientation for anyone who was volunteering that day, and it was like about gender and stuff like that, and creating a safe space and things like you know when you speak to somebody, like if somebody gets your attention and you speak to somebody, um, don't assume their gender. Don't call them she or he right away. Uh, but if you, but if you're going to you know if you're going to ask. Uh, you know, just say, "Hey, what, uh, can I ask what your preferred pronouns are?" Uh, that way, you know, you don't assume that someone's, you know, male or female or whatever, and you know, they have the opportunity to tell you. Uh, 
And that was, it was, I had a lot of people saying that this was the first time anybody had asked them what their preferred pronouns was without, you know, without being prompted to. Uh, mm-hmm. And, you know, even that, which can seem like a small gesture, meant a lot to people. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so we were, and, and so, and there were no, no uh, incidents actually at our convention. Uh, there oh. were, there was no, security never had to be called. We had, we had tons of security, tons of security. Just because we wanted to make sure everyone felt safe, and we wanted to make sure if anything had happened, you know, if some someone was being a jerk, we would kick them out like, you know, immediately. Um, yeah, because and, anybody could go, right? It's not like yeah, it was open to the public. Yeah, yeah it was yeah. open to the public, and we were we were charged. It was like uh, tickets were only like forty five, I believe. Mm-hmm. Um, and then like day of, they were sixty, but it was like forty five dollars, like two weeks before. So. You know, if you knew about it, you probably got tickets already. Um, yeah. And that, it compared to like three hundred dollars for like most other like really big cons, you know. Yeah. Uh, and so, like, not only was it not only was it open to the public, it was cheap. It was really cheap compared to most cons. And we had, yeah. I mean, and we weren't some like tiny little no-name con. We had, you know, Ellen McLean and John Patrick Lowry there. We had Anna Enderby there. Like we were. We were we, we did pretty well for ourselves, um, so it was like a big thing. People, you know, uh, and yet, you know, even though it was that open to the public and it was not very expensive, there were still no incidents. And people were telling me left and right that it was the friendliest convention they'd ever been to. Uh, people were just very, very nice to each other, uh, and I think that, like, you know, I think part of uh, fostering like such a safe environment and community. Um, there was this uh, kind of, I want to say, almost unintentional uh, outcome of that was that it made everyone friendly. Because uh, I guess when people are feeling more safe and less guarded, uh, yeah. it's a lot easier for strangers to just speak to one another and say like, "Hey, this is fun. Are you having fun?" Uh, Absolutely. You know, yeah. and there was a lot of like kind of euphoria around in the air because a lot of people were like, for a lot of people, it was the first time they felt like a gaming convention was made for them, and they were just like, you know super happy and i think that also fueled a lot of it they you know it made them made everyone a lot you know friendlier it sounds great i would have loved to have gone um I, like i said no, i've been trying oh, to, i've me, been trying to too. talk to you guys so me long. too i was i was stuck in con ups all weekend making sure uh everything went perfectly <laughs> it was really funny because so many people just didn't see me there they're like weren't you a part of that <laughs> Uh, no, it's so sad. I missed all the panels that I wanted to go to. All of the panels that I specifically like chose, handpicked, and like you know requested for. <laughs> I got. I missed all of them. It was so sad. Well, and and that's something I wanted to ask you too. Like, what kind of panels did you have at the at, at the con? Uh, well, uh, did you see the proposal by the ship? Oh no, 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 no. Okay, well, um, so you you should look that up. Actually, um, you, okay. you can go to YouTube and look up GamerX proposal. Try to look for the one that's that's either hosted by Gamer Connect or Gamer X because we we put up a really high quality video of it. There's like a couple of people. There's a bunch of like cell phone videos of it, but uh, look for ours on YouTube because it's got it's like full quality. It's HD. Um, it's 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 I. So in case you want to watch it, um, I won't spoil it. Uh, it's a really awesome video of something amazing that happened at our convention during uh, Ellen McLean and John Patrick Lowry's uh, panel. Okay. Um, so that was one panel. It was Voice Acting 101 by Ellen McLean and John Patrick Lowry. 
Uh, and Ellen McLean, to clarify, is the voice of GLaDOS from Portal. And, and Pacific Rim, correct? And Pacific Rim, <laughs> yes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and uh, John Patrick Lowry is the voice of the sniper. Um, and he's also an author of uh, sci-fi books. And his current book is like this big, best-selling book, too. Um, and they were so sweet, let me tell you. They were amazing. Like I encourage anyone to work with them because they were darling they were just so so nice and sweet and friendly and easy to work with um they and they also i mean there was also a very like personal thing for them too because they you know they actually cared very much about our our you know our mission and you know they they wanted to reach out to lgbt people and you know ellen told me repeatedly that she was like yeah people are people like they shouldn't be treated differently because of their you know who they love Essentially, is what she told me, and I was like, "Oh, Ellen, I love you." Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, so, so that was awesome, uh, and we had so so we did that. Um, uh, Bioware had a panel. Uh, actually, Bioware had like three panels. Uh, <laughs> they could not. They like did not stop. They they were you know, and they they were so well received too. Like I think that um, in a lot of ways, we had we were like a good first opportunity for a lot of the Bioware people to actually talk about like some of the queer and like more progressive things that they put into their games and that they care about and stuff. And nobody, nobody's as progressive as them, and they've been doing it for years. Yeah, yeah, I think, and yeah. I think, yeah, yeah, and I think that we we gave them like a platform to be like to 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 finally like parade around with all their ideas on the subject and you know so uh, they were super they were really happy to be there they were really sweet and uh you know they were they, pro- uh, they probably submitted uh, panels to other conventions and got shut down probably well yeah maybe it's possible <laughs> i mean but it's also like you know you you may not want to do a panel on like lgbt stuff at like pax or ea or i mean or e3 just because it's like you know not the right environment they don't want to be received poorly you know that's a shame. Yeah. 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 Uh, but we had, you know, we had a crowd that was like hungry for that kind of. Thing. And <laughs> yeah, so people yeah. were like, you know, people said that their panels were great. They really loved them. Uh, David Gator was a darling, so sweet, so nice, really funny guy too. Um, so we had that uh, League of uh, Riot Games, League of Legends uh, makers. Yeah. Uh, they had a panel, um, and I, I, I got to steal one of their. When they were handing out Sona. Uh, um, uh, vouchers, which is like a, a character you can get in the game, uh, and so I, I, I stole one, which <laughs> I got to play with after the game. I was very happy. Uh, there's uh, George Clarys was one of the people from uh, Riot Games. Um, he himself is actually gay, uh, and he was really fun. Uh, he was really fun and awesome to talk to. Uh, and you know, I think I, I like League of Legends a lot. Uh, I think it's a great game for people who are you know not necessarily like gender binary or cisgendered partially because you can play as like you know you can play as women you can play as men you can play as whatever you want you know every turn you know and if you want to change it up all the time you have those a bit those options and one of the things i get sick of in modern gaming is the fact that all i get you know if you play only triple a games you know i hope you enjoy being a 30 year old white scruffy dude because that's all you get <laughs> yeah, yeah um so that was really so they were really awesome, really well received. Um, then I, we had some like we had some some um, queer uh, panelists that were really awesome that I'm big fans of. Um, 
including like Maddie Bryce, who ooh, I'm such a big fan of. Um, Portman Tyne, um, her panel was really good. She's a great speaker. Um, of course, Anna Anthropy made, uh, I had a uh, workshop, uh, which we hope that she does again next year. And we hope we can actually afford computers to have for people. Uh, to, you know, so cool. we can do that. But uh, she had a workshop, and the people that did bring their laptops, they said it was great. Uh, she taught people how to use Twine and how to make games. So within an hour, they got to make a game. Uh, which I mean, like, and 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 while being while like asking questions from Anna Anthropy, so like that you know, a lot of those people were already like huge fans of Anna Anthropy. So imagine how special it was for them to be like, you know, here you get to make a video game, you know, you get to make a game, and you're being given tips from like a, someone in the gaming world that you're a fan of. Like, yeah. So that was people were like gushing about that. So that was that went really well. Um, I don't know, we had a lot of you know. We had a lot of speakers and a lot of panels. Like I, it's it's hard for me to remember. And like I unfortunately didn't get to sit through most of them, which was very sad. But uh, but yeah, uh, the EA panel went really well. Uh, Twitch had a panel. Uh, so I mean, we had a bunch of panels. We had a lot of panels actually. We had three rooms um, for two days, eight hours, and a panel every hour essentially. And and you're saying big names now. It's not like it was just something really local and small. It was you had big names. We actually yeah. initially intended for it to be like a smaller thing, more casual thing. But then, like as the numbers got huger, we got more attention, whatever. A lot bigger companies started coming to us, and we were like, oh, well, okay. Uh, but of course, we made sure to have like you know more independent uh, people, like you know like Corbinine, you know, who runs, who's one of the curators of Free Indie Game uh, BS. Um, you know, and stuff like that. Um, so, so we didn't, we didn't really like. We definitely didn't let how huge someone's name was like factor in that much to them having a panel because we didn't want to. You know, we we wanted people to bring um, useful and um, you know important topics. Um, we didn't necessarily want like you know the some big publisher to come by and be like buy our games. Uh, we we were like, all right, if you've got a good, if you've got something to say, you know, and that people are going to enjoy listening to, then you know, then you can come and say it, you know. And we had a lot of we had a lot of panels from people who like never even did a panel before ever, and the, some of those panels went really well, you know. And uh, that was really great, you know. I really loved that, and they were like ecstatic about it. They loved it, you know. Um, and, you know, they were going up against, like, you know, could be companies like EA and stuff and given, like, the same kind of uh, uh, priority. Um, and a lot of people, you know, said that, like, some of those panels, like, the uh, there was, like, an awkwardness panel. It was, like, a panel about, like, awkwardness and games convention- and in conventions and stuff like that. And there was, like, <laughs> and that was, you know, a lot of people that went to that said that was one of the best panels they'd ever been to. And those people had never thrown a panel before it. Uh, and they came back to me, and they were like so stoked after the panel. They were like, "It went so well! It went so well! I can't believe it!" You know, and it was like, you know, it was really great to have to be able to make that happen for them, you know, as well as the people who watch the panel. So, um, yeah. how far how far did people come from? Like, um... Um, I actually sat in the registration line, uh, teaching people how to do the registration system um, mm-hmm. for about like thirty minutes. Um, during that time, I had someone from Scotland. Uh, several people from Canada, uh, somebody from Australia, uh, and I know that we had, and, and that was in thirty minutes. 
Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, I know for a fact that we had we had people uh, all over the UK. We had people from uh, uh, Japan come. Several people came from Japan. Wow. Uh, Toronto was a big thing. There was a lot of people from Toronto. Uh, it was a big gamer thing there. Uh, Brazil. Uh, we had people from Brazil there. Uh, a few people from Spain. Uh, somebody actually, oh, there was this really awesome guy who came and uh, he, uh, someone brought him to me to talk to me because uh, he wanted to know who was responsible for the convention. Um, and he came to me and uh, he said that he was from Saudi Arabia. And he was, wow. and he did not know about the convention. He was in San Francisco visiting his sister, uh, and this guy had a really thick accent. Uh, he was in San Francisco visiting his sister, uh, and he was walking down the street. And he saw the line around the block. We actually had a line around the block for registration, wow. which is pretty nice for a first year. <laughs> that Absolutely, was a, yeah. A little stressful, but. Uh, <laughs> Although we got a lot of comments that the, the lines, people on the lines were really friendly to one another, which is a really, <laughs> we were really happy about The best lines ever. At a yeah, well, people, were tw- people were saying that on Twitter. I was watching the Twitter stream while I was like holed up in my office, like making sure everything went well. And people were like, I just made like 10 friends in the line to Gamer X. And I'm like, yeah, actually. Uh, I was like, according to plan. Uh, but uh, yeah, so this guy from Saudi Arabia said he was just walking down the street. He sees the line, asks people what it's about. The guy turns out to be a, uh, he's gay, uh, but he lives, in, he lives in Saudi Arabia, so he's not out there, right? But he's out here. Um, and he um, he loves video games. Uh, and he never thought, never knew that something like this existed. Um, and he finds out this is like its first year, and he gets a ticket, and he goes to the convention. Uh <laughs> But, you know, he just essentially just, like, stumbled upon it. And, you know, and he was so happy and, like, so touched. Uh, yeah, and so it was, you know, it was really great. It was really, it was really, like, uh, I, I was, like, choking up. Like, it was, like, a weekend, two days of trying not to cry. <laughs> um, and <laughs> there were a lot of really emotional moments. A lot of people would come up to me and tell me that, you know, it meant a lot to them. And that was really touching. Yeah, and uh, I asked where people came from because I it, it's always exciting to and, I, and more exciting for you, I'm sure, as, as you planned it, um, to just find out that people were willing to make that huge trek all the way over for for this. That it was it was really important to them. Oh, I know. It's so funny when we think about like, oh, well, the tickets are 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 forty five dollars. I hope that's not too much. And then people are spending <laughs> like two thousand dollars flying there, flying here, and then like an extra thousand on the on the hotel room or whatever. And we're like, you know, that's super humbling for us, you know, that that people would be willing to go so far for our convention. And I asked a lot of those people who, you know, came from Norway and various other places that traveled a lot to get there, because I was, you know, it it was it's kind of scary. You're running this event, and you know, I hadn't, it wasn't over yet, so I hadn't had all the good, you know, reactions that I got at the end uh, yet. And so I asked some of the people who traveled so far, and I was like, Hey, are you enjoying the con? Are you happy? And they were all just like ecstatic, you know, there wasn't, I, you know, I was like, you know, I don't know if it's going to be, it's going to be like worth it to them to have traveled this far. But they would just, every time I talked to one of these people, they would be like, this is so great. This is so wonderful. This is amazing. I wish we had this in my country. 
like, I love this. I'm coming back next year no matter what, blah, blah, blah. And it was just like that reaction was so much more extreme than I was expecting. And it happened every time I asked. And it was just, it was so touching. Like, oh, I can't even say. Um, And actually, so did you, when you started researching if a convention like this had ever happened anywhere else, was, did you find anything that even came close? Uh, I mean, the closest thing was there's a thing called like Gay Laxicon, which is like a gay like nerd convention essentially, mm-hmm. and then there's BentCon in LA, mm-hmm. which we actually went to, which is you know really cool like gay like geek convention. Uh, mm-hmm. Also, it's more like comic, like gay comics kind of thing. Yeah. Um, and that's a really like if you if you like comics and you're gay, go to that because that's really good. Gay Laxicon is really cool too. Um, but other than that, like not really. Um, which again is like, what, why? <laughs> and you know, it's funny actually, since we, you know, since we did our Kickstarter and you know made it, there were actually a bunch of people who were like really bitter about it. Um, I won't say who were in what factions, uh, or what, you know, but, uh, there are some people who were like, who essentially like treated us as like enemies or something because of, because of what we were doing, which we thought was, we just think it's really funny. Like, not, means you're doing something right, probably. Yeah, yeah I guess. I mean, we're not. I mean, like, we're not hurting anybody. Like, you know. And so, and then people will like bitterly be like, "I'm gonna make a bigger gay convention than you." And we're like, "Awesome, let us know what it is. Want to go?" <laughs> <laughs> like, I mean, we're not like, you know, it's not like we're trying to like. <laughs> we're not. It's not like we like put a trademark on like gay gaming. Um, it's like happiness. You can't share it. There's only so much to go around. Yeah, yeah, right? exactly, exactly. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, we're, yeah, so, I mean, like, it, so it's funny, like, because whenever we hear about people, like, trying to compete, quote-unquote, compete with us, because, you know, there's only so many conventions that are allowed to happen in a year. Uh, <laughs> uh, when, when people want to compete with us, we're like, yeah, good, okay, let us know when, like. Hopefully not with the same two days as our convention, because we want to go. Exactly. <laughs> uh, so, you know, and that's funny. Um, uh, so, QGCon. Um, oh, let, me, let me just look real quick, because I don't want to say the wrong dates. But October 26th and 27th uh, okay. in, on, in Berkeley's campus is a... Okay. Uh, something called QGCon, uh, www.qgcon.com. Um, and that's being curated by several people, so one of which is Matty Bryce, who I have admitted already I'm a huge fan of. Um, but QGCon um, happens in October 26th and 27th, and that is going to be a uh, conference about um, like queerness. It's, so it's actually called the Queerness and Games Conference. And so that's essentially going to be kind of like us, but it looks like it's going to be a lot more academic, you know? So it's going to be a little bit more like industry facing. Um, So, and that is, that is actually free to the public, I believe, but you have to register. Um, But, um, and, and we're actually really, really, really excited about that. We're like super excited about that. When, (laughs) when it, it's really funny because a lot of people think that we're like, we're like, you know, a lot of people think that we're we're gonna try to like that we're gonna see other people doing this as like competitors or something like that or whatever. But like the moment we found out about QGCon, we were like, "Oh, this looks great! Let's go!" Like and like we were like posting about it on Facebook. We were, we offered them um, we offered them a booth at at you know at, at our con, which would normally cost quite a bit. 
but uh, you know, we offered them a, a booth. We're like, hey, you want one? But unfortunately, uh, they they were uh, they were too busy essentially in the plant for in, in like planning their convention to have with it, I think. But you know, but they were they were like, oh, thank you though. Uh, you know, and there were a couple of them there at our convention, which was great. Especially, I mean, Maddie Bryce was there because she had a panel. <laughs> I, I made sure she had a panel. Uh, <laughs> I, I like begged her. <laughs> I was like, please, please, the panel. Um, but um. And so, so that's happening, and we're really excited about that. And like, like really, like if more queer game conventions happen, that's that would be awesome. Like, we would love that. Like, that's great. That's great for us. It's great for the community. Like, yeah. it sucks to have to wait another year for Gamer X. Like, you want other stuff to do during the year. We were recently told that like hotels are really, really cheap. Like during like December, so we were like, mm-hmm. Maybe we should just have two cons. <laughs> 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 be like the, the the winter games of gay conventions. Yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah. Even if it's just one day, just something. Yeah, yeah, I know, and yeah, I mean, maybe we should do that. But uh, <laughs> you know, in, in San Francisco, if you ever find yourself in San Francisco, we actually hold like little tiny events here and there, all over the place. Uh, okay. And cool. you'll you can get to meet the staff because we show up all the time. That'll be awesome. Yeah. yeah. Um, and we're very, I mean, we're very community driven, especially me. I love my community. I want to like, I want to kiss all of my attendees on the head. I'm like, thank you, I love you so much, all of you. Uh, I'm very, I'm very, I'm a very mushy person when it comes to that kind of thing. I think, I mean, it's funny as I think that actually helped a lot uh, this year uh, because we're, like we built like this really like cuddly, like tight knit community. Uh, this is really great. Like, I just love how it was like a hugging party the entire con. I saw so many people hugging in the hall. <laughs> there were so many people who just like gave each other like you know like nice to meet you hugs, and I was yeah. like, oh, every time, every time. Uh-huh. Uh, <laughs> I mean, you said so many things that obviously um, show that that Gamer X was a success. Oh yeah, yeah. So, I mean, okay. It was yeah. more of a success that we could have could have dreamed. Like. No matter, like, in all of our planning and all of our expectations, we had, like, we had, like, just tons and tons of, like, plan Bs and, like, worst-case scenarios and stuff like that planned <laughs> up. Because the thing is that, like, we're running the first ever – this is our first ever con, right? Um, mm-hmm. And this is the first con of its kind. Yeah. Um, and, you know, so there were so many firsts involved. That we and and the thing is that we're talking about queers and we didn't want to take any risks on safety or anything like that. Um, it was also like the most mixed um, uh, group as far as like gender and sexuality and stuff like that. Like I have never seen so many queer people in like one room. Like, like yeah. I, you know, there was I was talking, I was meeting trans people and gender queer people, gay people. You know, straight people, white people, black people, just tons and tons of different kinds of people. You know, they were, you know, they were, you know, disabled. You know, they were just all sorts of people, and it was awesome. It was so awesome, um, and you know, that was really important for for us. Uh, to have. But it's so funny that you created a con for uh, LGBTQ centric and inclusive and comfort and safety. Like as a big thing, and you're still surprised that like so many people showed up that are so diverse. It's so funny, and I don't want to, you know, I don't want to like, I don't want to rag on anybody, but I feel like most of the time when I go to anything that's LGBTQ LGBTQ themed or LGBT themed, um, it's usually like one or two demographics. 
like I don't know what what exactly that is about. I don't know if it's like lazy planning or what. <laughs> uh, <laughs> maybe not everybody is as mushy and spends a year on this as as me. But um, but <laughs> um, yeah, but yeah, in general, like I feel like my, most LGBT things I go to are, are the crowd's not so diverse. Diverse. Um, you know, usually everyone fits within like one like social like or financial range or age range or whatever. I was meeting like old people, young people, rich people, poor people. Like it was really, it was a like bizarre like I don't know. It was just a really strange mix of people, but it was great. It was awesome. I loved everything about that. So, so GamerX was the first time that this happened, like in person, everybody in one place. But you guys run Gamer Connect. Correct. Right. We do. Um, so Gamer Connect originally we wanted to. I mean, the whole reason we make Gamer Connect originally was because we were like, well, we need a website for one, and also, how do we get people to like go to a con when they've never had a con like this before and know each other and enjoy each other, you know, whatever. So we decided to make it like a a, uh, a website, but also like a social site, and we have a forum. And like, yeah, everyone has a forum. But we're trying to add as many like features to it as we can to make it easier for people to connect with one another and to find each other and to like you know because the thing is like oh and also to play games with each other because we figured you know like hey you know like okay two days three days of the year you got gamer gamer act the rest of the year <laughs> exactly. what are you guys gonna do and like you know conversations are awesome but I mean it'd be awesome if people get to play games together too um, so that's why we made gamer connect we made it essentially just so that people that were going to the con could meet each other. <laughs> And talk to each other, and probably you know, possibly even hang out. Because um, there's a thing actually, there's even a feature, and this isn't quite as useful in big cities because all the pinpoints go to one place. But you could actually go on a map and see where gamers are uh, near you on the map, um, and it doesn't actually show their actual address; it just shows what city they're in. Uh, but if you live somewhere, you know, in a small town. Where you might think there are no gamers. If there are people registered to, uh, or, or no no queer gamers, uh, if there are people registered to Gamer Connect, um, you just use the map and you might find people near you or in your town. Um, and you can send them a message and be like, hey, uh, I mean, you don't know their address or anything like that. So, you know, there's no creeping. Yeah. Uh, but. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but you can find each other easily. And also, if you find that person, you can actually even see what games they play. Because that's one of the things that we put in our thing. We make it so that you can uh, you can actually input what, what games you play. And all of your, um, all of your uh, uh, gamer tags. Uh, yeah. Because we, that was one thing that we were like, why, doesn't, why don't other websites have that? And then we were like, oh, wait, I guess PSN wouldn't want to advertise someone's Xbox Live account. And Xbox Live wouldn't want to advertise PSN account. And Steam wouldn't want to advertise either of those, you know. Exactly. So, so since we're like a you know completely unbiased party, we just have everything on there, and you can just like see like, oh, this person I talked to, because uh, we see on Facebook a lot of the times someone posts about League of Legends or whatever, and then like ten people are like, oh, I didn't know you played LOL. Like, so on yeah. Gamer Connect, it's like if you didn't know, you should just check my profile because it shows it right there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's one thing. All the gamer tags, and then also every game you play, you can just like type it in, and they'll make like this long list of games of every game you play, and you can actually even search for people who play like a similar combination of games than you. Awesome. So you can flesh out your friends list with 
like-minded people. Yeah, yeah. So like if build a community, yeah. So like theoretically speaking, like if I wasn't the only person in the world who like um, Romance and Saga three, um, <laughs> or even knew about it, I could find other people who also know about that game, which there are none. But <laughs> if you prove me wrong, if you have, if your listeners prove me wrong, I would be happy. You know, email me Tony at GamerConnect.com. If you know of that game, please. I want to talk to somebody about it. <laughs> <laughs> Let him know he's not the only one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah. yeah. Well, that's funny because I thought I thought that Gamer Connect came first, and then uh, GamerX kind of grew out of that community. Well, actually, so. originally it was uh, SF Gamers kind of was the precursor to uh, GamerX because um, Matt made that community. It was like a he essentially was just like, hey, everyone who plays games it is gay. In San Francisco, let's all hang out, whatever, right? Um, and so then he kind of, you know, that he extended that and found that like there were people just like knocking down the doors and like they had to make bigger and bigger things, and they were like, "Wow, this is a big thing." And so he wanted to make Gamer X as a thing where you could ha- get like a couple hundred people in one, you know, one room, like rent out a warehouse or whatever, and have fun. Um, he didn't realize it was going to be so huge. Uh, <laughs> Uh, and that's actually part of why it kind of changed a bit and kind of evolved. Because uh, originally it was kind of like a gay thing rather than like a more widely LGBT thing. But then as soon as the numbers got so big, Matt really Matt brought me on board and he really wanted it to be more of a, like a queer thing and like LGBTQ thing than just a gay thing. Because he yeah. felt something that large really belonged more to like everybody rather than, like, one demographic. So he wanted to make sure it was, like, an inclusive thing. And I like to think we did a pretty good job of that. Do you get any fallback um, from from the word gamer, G-A-Y-M-E-E-R? Like, do people feel like they're not included when you say gamer? Or has it or has it come to um, signify its own thing? I think Christine Love, uh, author of Hey Plus, and, you know, creator of Game Hey Plus, and uh, Analog of Hate Story, um, and various other awesome... Uh, interactive graphic novels and games. Um, she put it very well uh, when she said, uh, despite the terrible name, Gamer X was a great convention. It was something long realized. I'm, I'm paraphrasing. Uh, now, I don't think the name is terrible. That's a little harsh. But we have definitely gotten some backlash on the game, um, which is unfortunate. So I think that um, the word gay, while, you know, People like so Matt originally wanted the word gay in, gay in it because he had a very like '90s concept of the word gay, where gay just means meant you know anybody that was like queer essentially, right? But since then, gay has become like uh, in a lot of ways. A lot of times, something has the word gay in it. It means that you know women aren't allowed to come and gay. You know, and maybe it's not that they won't be allowed to come, but they they might not feel comfortable there and they might not be welcome there, etc. So, you know, when he put the word gay, gay in the name, like, he was intentionally intended, he wanted everything, he wanted to be inclusive. He didn't realize that, you know, for a lot of people, they'd had bad experiences with that word. You know? yeah. Like I said, it was just from coming from, like, a very, like, 90s perspective of it. Um, so he never intended to exclude people uh, because of the name. Now, unfortunately, we couldn't, you know, I mean, we couldn't, like, change the name or anything like that because, like, you know, that's what people knew us as. And we didn't want to make it any more confusing. Um, especially because we did have to change the name at one point, and so we had yeah. we tried to change it as little as possible. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, uh, the the gay the G A Y remained. Um, but I think that by now we've proven ourselves pretty damn well. 
but this is not just a gay male thing. Uh, so yeah, I mean, we we have had some of that, uh, especially from like the trans community and like you know various aspects of various people in the queer community that just assume that you know gay means that it's only for gay men. Uh, but yeah, I mean, pe- from people that were there, they were like, oh, it wasn't like that. It was actually great. So Tony, thank you so much for talking to us about GamerX and Gamer Connect and. Um... The whole, the whole experience online at the beginning, I think that the whole conversation is going to be an eye-opener for a lot of people, I hope, anyway. Um, so thank you so much for, for having those conversations with us. Uh, congratulations on the con. <laughs> congratulations, and thank you so much for being here. Yeah, um, thank you. No, and I've, I really enjoyed talking about it. You know, it, it I'm still, I, I feel like I'm still you know, running a high from the, uh, from the convention and how well it went. So like, I really love talking about it. It's, it's great. It's, it's hard to believe it even happened the way it did. It feels like a dream. Um, but yeah, I mean, thank you for having me. If people want to um, learn more about GamerX, register for next year, um, contact you, learn more information about it, where should they go? Okay, so uh, GamerConnect.com, www.GamerConnect.com. It's pretty simple. Uh, and that's G-A-Y-M-E-R-C-O-N-N-E-C-T, so GamerConnect.com. Um, also gamerx.com goes to the same site. Um, so you can go to that. That is our site. Um, it'll have an, all the new information about the, uh, the next year's conference, GX2. Um, and you know, as that, as, as we start making decisions on that, which we are currently working on, we've been working on for the last couple of weeks, uh, as we start making decisions that it'll show up on that site. Also there's the, uh, social aspect. So if you want to m- make sure you know people, for next year's convention, you know, just poke around on the forums and, you know, people are really, really friendly there. They'll talk to you. Um, and uh, also, we've got a really neat uh, XP system. So, like, if you make comments and posts and stuff like that, you get experience and your little character levels up and you get to use more icons. It's pretty cool. <laughs> um, also, if you, uh, you want to get in touch with me, uh, I'm Tony at GamerConnect.com and I really love to talk to anybody in our community. Um, really, really do. So, you know, don't be shy. Feel free to contact me if you have any questions or concerns or anything like that. If you ask, you know, if you want to, you know, if you need to, and if there's something that, that you want done or anything like that, like I can actually also put you through with whoever handles that. Like if you want to volunteer, I can put you through to our volunteer director and stuff like that. So, yeah. And in general, I mean, we're a really open community. Um, you know, I love, I love everyone in our community. I love speaking to them. So, you know, don't be shy. Don't be afraid to contact me. And um, I'll do as uh, as much as possible. I will try to put everything that you've talked about, um, all the cons that you mentioned, the video, anything that you brought up, I'll try to put it in the show notes. So if anybody's interested in um, finding out more information about specific things that were mentioned throughout the show, just to visit the website. Um, so again, thank you so much, Tony. Um, for all that information and more, visit us online at geektherapy.com or on Twitter at geektherapy. Okay.